You're all about Muslims for Trump? <laughs> Muslims against, against Trump. Trump. Oh <laughs> Sorry. <my God. laughs> okay, okay. So, so, so. Welcome to Un Uninformed. I'm Kendall Monette. And this is Sean Seavey. Each week we bring you current events in 20 minutes or less. We give you the news that matters so you don't feel so dumb around your smart friends. Today we'll take a special look at the U.S. election. In case you didn't hear, Donald Trump won the presidency and Republicans also won the House and the Senate. But before we go into that, we're going to give you some non-political headlines, perhaps the only non-Trump headlines you'll get this week. Okay, so this is probably the most important headline, including all the political ones that we'll hear all week, Sean. This is the NES Classic. Yes. I think that's what it's called. If you haven't heard about this, this is the um, first gaming console put out by Nintendo, updated so that you can plug it into an HD TV. It's got an HDMI port, and um, it's still the same shape as the original 1986 NES, but um, it comes with 30 preloaded games, so those big cartridges, you won't have to worry about those anymore. It's got all those classic games like... Mario Brothers and Metro Man, I think Metroid. I don't. I never played that one. We still have a working NES, um, so I don't have to buy this. But there are some advantages. I'm aware uh, you could actually save games, and that and that technology wasn't invented till the 90s, and so you could actually, you know, go back to where you left off. If I understand. Isn't that correctly. crazy? You would have to play the entire Mario game in one go if you wanted to. Not have to start at the beginning each time. Oh, and, and for me, I've never seen anyone beat an NES game. We always got really close. There was Mike Tyson's Punch Out, where we got all the way to Mike Tyson, um, but he, yeah, Little Matt got knocked down every time. Um, yeah. But we'd have to work an hour to get to that point. Um, so that you know, this is a big deal. You know, I know, I know we've been able to. Uh, play NES games on emulators, and they even remade some of them on Super Nintendo. Um, but this is kind of a retro, kind of fun thing, and I think Nintendo released this because the Wii U actually didn't do that well, and this is kind of to give fans something to feast on before their next thing. I think it's called the Nintendo Switch, I believe. Yeah, the sliding with the sliding controllers off to the side. Yeah, so this is kind of uh, the transition between taking the Wii U off the shelves and putting the, the new next thing on the shelves. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are no versions of this NES Classic on the shelves. It was sold out within minutes of sales opening. So um, Nintendo hasn't come out with any official word yet on when more units will be available, but the thought is probably Black Friday. So finally we have something to rush into the stores for besides yeah, absolutely. overpriced uh, digital cameras and cheap laptops. Yeah. Tomorrow, Finding Dory is coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. So this is a big deal for Finding Dory fans. It came out this summer in the, uh, in the theaters. But this isn't good news for conservationists. So, Kendall, let me explain this. So when Finding Nemo came out, the, there was a huge influx of people who wanted to buy clownfish, which is what Nemo is. And this upset clownfish uh, populations. In fact, in some parts of the world, it even made clownfish uh, extinct, just certain populations. So, of course, this is a concern. So 
conservationists are fearing the same thing with the blue tang, which is what dory is. And uh, clownfish and blue tang kind of have this, the same problem. You can't breed them in captivity very easily. So enjoy the movie, but having saltwater fish is not very sustainable, and they don't really like it there in the tank. And if you watch Finding Nemo, you would have understand this because they said our tank is full of <laughs> Shh, they're coming you know and so uh so we <laughs> and so you know enjoy them from a distance and if you're gonna buy them um don't i don't know don't <laughs> <laughs> but having a blue tang like it's not like having a dog uh you can't pet it or anything you just kind of look at it um yeah and see my mom was always allergic to cats and dogs so all we had in my family growing up was fish and lizards and birds. So this this is really hitting me hard. This news. <laughs> but but the so I, in doing a little research about this, I did find out that so saltwater fish are hard to maintain, but freshwater fish are easy to breed in captivity, and I think they're cheaper. Those saltwater tanks, I know they're pretty expensive to maintain. So I don't. So know. I guess what we need is like a freshwater fish equivalent of the blue tank <laughs> i mean i don't want trout fishing you know swimming around in my in, in my aquarium at home unless i'm going to fish for them yeah <laughs> awesome so last tuesday when donald trump won the popular sorry he didn't win the popular vote he won the electoral vote and right that's a point of controversy right now trump supporters were ecstatic hillary supporters were uh, not. And all of the media was thrown off guard because all the polls were wrong. And so we're a lot of different feelings about this, a lot of nasty things on Facebook and a lot of, you know, go Trump things on Facebook. So we're going to attempt to try to cover it all. We're covering the good, the bad, and the ugly of President-elect Trump. So let's start off with the good. So a really positive thing we saw last week was that both Obama and Hillary gave good consolation speeches. Um, they were not sore losers. Obama talked about handing off the baton. Um, Hillary talked about uh, respecting Donald Trump as the next president, and uh, but still Hillary encouraged her followers to keep fighting for those causes, um, even though their voice has been diminished. So this is what Obama said um, in a speech talking about the new president-elect Trump. He said, now everybody's sad when their side loses an election, but the day after we have to remember that we're actually all on one team. This is an intramural scrimmage. We're not Democrats first. We're not Republicans first. We're Americans first. We're patriots first. So I, I think that's good for everyone to hear, and I hope everybody can agree on this. Um, because if you understand uh, a scrimmage, um, you know, usually when you're playing in sports, you're playing against another team, but often, uh, you play against your own team just to practice. Um, while all this election stuff isn't just fun and games, it's the real deal. We're all on the same team. We're all Americans. And so Obama basically said, we respect the process. This is how it ought to be. Um, another thing Obama said in his speech was, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie that me and Donald Trump disagree on a lot of things. But, so Obama said the same thing happened with President Bush handing off the baton to Obama. He said they did an excellent job of handing off the power. 
and he hopes to do the same thing for Trump. Yeah, I think that's a really important message, and it's it is part of the good, really, that came out of last week because it's good to see Democratic leaders um, calling for their supporters, liberals and Democrats, to trust in the process and move forward and have faith in the country. One thing that I thought we could highlight as a good that came out of last week is some of the policies that Donald Trump may be pursuing in his first 100 days. And that may sound counterintuitive because a lot of people are very critical of some of his policies. But if we could just try to ignore the source and look at the actual policies here. The first one I wanted to highlight was Obamacare. We've heard about the 25% increase in premiums, so that's the monthly bill that you pay for health insurance. Um, and that's just an average. I looked into some of these numbers. There are some crazy increases. North Carolina at 267 wow. by one estimate percent, so more than double. 247 in, what is this state, Missouri? Nebraska is 279. Others are less. You know, um, Colorado is going to fall by 36%, but on average... They're just going to increase. But, but you know, I I realize um, a lot of us have for, forgotten the real name of Obamacare. It's called the Affordable, the Affordable Care Act. Act. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure which is more ironic now, you know, because I, I know that as it fails to live up to its real name, I think President Obama would also like to distance himself from it. But um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but, yeah, the Republicans in Congress have been calling for Obamacare to be repealed for years. Early on, they just said, get rid of it, scrap it, it's bad, it's not going to work. Turns out those numbers are proving them correct, and independent analysis from publications like The Economist have proven, yeah, it's not solvent, it's not doing what it needs to do. Um, it's like a bad business. It, the numbers just aren't working out, you know? And so um, lately, Republicans in Congress have been putting forward other ideas to replace it. And so that transition is going to be interesting to watch because some people who were covered only because Obamacare came around may not still be covered. And that's a story that I'm sure we'll hear about. But I think lately Republicans have been saying, you know what, we're not against universal coverage. It could be a good thing. We just have to do it the right way. I know Romney said, let's, uh, we're cool with doing something like this on the state level which is totally within the confines of what Republicans believe in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, states' rights. The next big issue is term limits. So we all know that a president can only serve two terms, but in Congress, um, senators or representatives in the House of Representatives, they don't really have a term limit. And so this is something that Trump kind of tacked onto his policy list late in the election season. I think it was in October. He came out and said, hey, I'm for this now. And so it's been interesting to see the talk already. We know that the uh, Republicans control Congress, both houses, the House and the Senate, which we'll talk about in a bit. But Mitch McConnell, who is the Senate Majority Leader, made a statement last week and said, yeah, we already have term limits. They're called elections. So he's he's coming out publicly against this initiative. Well, of course I, he doesn't like it. This is, this is taking away his job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really, really hard to see a good motivation there other than he just wants to hold on to his own power, you know? And so it's going to be interesting to see Trump butting heads with his own party already on something like this because he's basically 
and, and and we'll see if he if he follows through on it and how how heated that debate gets. Yeah, you talked about some of the bad, um, but but yeah, we're still talking about the good here. Did you? Have it's a good that? thing. I think I think this is something most people agree on. Most people think that term limits are a good thing. It'll diminish corruption in D.C. and give us fresh blood. Yeah, and then the last good policy that I think a lot of people do agree on is um, Trump's view on trade. So this is not what the experts would agree on, mind you, and we're not experts, but Trump has a very protectionist, some would say isolationist view on trade, basically saying America first when it comes to economics. And that's a very populist belief. A lot of people, both on the right and on the left, believe in that. And Trump made a lot of statements during the campaign that when it comes to this thing, he's kind of about where Bernie Sanders is because he believes that a lot of the big trade deals, think of NAFTA, which Trump described as the worst thing ever um, many times, he says these things are hurting the American economy. So a lot of economists would disagree, but we've seen the experts be wrong before, like with the polls that indicated that Hillary Clinton would be winning this election. So we'll see how, how these things play out, and it is something that most people agree maybe we could do better on. So these will be some policy issues that even if you don't like Trump, you may you may qualify these as good things. Another good is the Republican sweep. So we've got Donald Trump in the executive branch, and in the legislative branch we have the House and Senate both have majorities. Nobody really knew if the House and Senate would maintain um, their majorities after this election, but they held a majority, and that's a big deal because when you have the president and uh, Congress in the same party, you pass a lot of things for that party. For example, back in 2008, when Obama got put in, both House and Senate had a Democrat majority, and that's the only possible way that Obamacare would have been passed um, because you know, we could look at those votes and pretty much every Republican uh, opposed uh, Obamacare. And so only the Democrat majority could get that passed. So likewise, only a uh, Republican majority could get Obamacare overthrown. And, and hopefully replaced with something better. Yeah, because if we just take it out, we're back to the status quo. And that's like, you know, so much for making America great again. That's making America, you know, back to where we were just right before. Um, hopefully there is a way to take care of the people who otherwise wouldn't have been covered. Yeah. And so this Republican sweep in the House and Senate, we're going to classify as a good thing if you're a Republican, obviously. Um, I'll just add one little caveat. If uh, you aren't okay with the idea of the president and both houses of Congress being from the same party and having all this cooperation. Remember, Trump is kind of an outsider. Some people don't really consider him a Republican. And as we talked about already, Mitch McConnell and him are looking like they're going to butt heads very early on in, in the administration. So I think we still have these checks and balances that are written into the Constitution. There's only so much a president can do on his own. There's only so much a Congress can do on their own. So um, I think that's a good kind of a caveat to the, the Republican sweep. And on the contrary side, let's talk about the bad. Um, so basically, if you're a liberal, this uh, trifecta of, you know, the president 
that both the executive branch, the legislative branch, and even the ju- judicial branch with a p- potential Supreme Court nominee being conservative. Right. Having that trifecta, yeah, that's bad news if you're a liberal because your voice is quieter than it has been in a very long time. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into a bit of um, the culture here in America and how people are reacting to Trump's election. Um, but I, I, I just wanted to highlight another bad that I observed, and that would be the media and the polling. Don't worry, I'm not going to go off on a rant on how the media is biased. but We are the media um, now. <laughs> yeah, I guess we are. But they got it wrong. We got it wrong. Everybody that I heard, even conservative media, I, I follow some very conservative media as well as liberal media, just to get a good perspective, but everyone was predicting that Hillary Clinton would win the election. And um, if you guys haven't heard of the podcast, The Pollsters, I'd highly recommend them. It will turn you into a political junkie. They're they're a lot of fun. It's it's a couple of ladies in D.C. and they're just great. Um, but they uh, it's a time of introspection for the industry, especially the polling industry. Political seasons are the times when they shine, and they they didn't hit it on the head here, as everyone <laughs> has found out. So. There's going to be a lot of investigation into that. They're nerds. They're big-time nerds, and they're going to look at all of these different aspects. So uh, the answer that they gave in their most recent podcast was, it's going to take time to figure out what went wrong here. But um, there's a lot of discussion on that point. How did the media and the polling industry really just get this so wrong, and how are we this out of touch with voting America? You know, There have been plenty of theories of why they were so wrong. And so far, all the theories are not found on data, which is totally against what polling is all about. You know, right. we, we have to make, you know, we have to come up with a reason, but there's no reason to give any attention to uh, those reasons. Um, I, I, okay, but that being said, I just think they underestimated the Trump factor. But what, you know, pollsters need to figure out is what is the Trump factor? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk about Hillary Clinton's poor candidacy and how, you know, maybe against a different opponent, things would have gone different. So um, one thing, one other thing that we're going to put in the bad column is I think we can say objectively, because of some of his comments, Trump does represent certain certain bad things like uh, racism, sexism, xenophobia, you know, and... I've spoken with plenty of Trump supporters who will defend and kind of marginalize and say, well, maybe he didn't mean that or that was 11 years ago or whatever, you know, and there, there's plenty of uh, ways to look at these things. But I think uh, objectively it is a bad thing when you have the leader of your country and, as is the phrase, the leader of the free world, representing some pretty ugly ideas that's just objectively bad but the good news is, you know, we could look at his history and everything, but on day one, you know, for me personally, I will rate Donald Trump based off of his performance that he does as president. Um, and yeah, if he does bad things, you know, let's be critical of him. If he does good things, let's praise him. Um, and obviously he does have a history, um, but he's a president and we, we need to judge him as a president. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for some people, that's not acceptable to just let go of the rhetoric, you know, let go of the things he said. He still said them. 
But like you said, yeah, he does have a history. A weird, weird history of just, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like I'm on the bandwagon, but just winning. I mean, he won the election. That's no small feat, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so let's see. Let's, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, maybe that's a bad question. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> what's the worst thing that could happen? Um, yeah, well, while we're at the bad, the worst thing that could happen is a nuclear war. But... <laughs> And there that are might no... be good for your industry, though. Yeah, I actually work as a uh, work with the Air Force on uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles, and uh, my work has all of a sudden become more relevant. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I hope those are never used, and some people are really afraid because there are no checks and balances to um, nuclear codes. He has. I heard. I heard a theory that there are. But that might just be conspiracy. Well, if it is, it's classified, and I'm not right. aware of it. So very highly classified. Well, and now for the ugly. Right. This kind of leads us into um, where American culture has been. Um, if you're like me, you've seen a lot going on on Facebook. A lot of Trump supporters coming out of the word work, um, defending. Trump's policies at the very least, and maybe even sometimes his character and his words. Um, and you've probably also seen some of your more left-leaning liberal friends expressing a lot of hurt. And so um, I think the race issue cannot be ignored, and that's a huge topic that we're not qualified to talk about, especially in a 20-minute podcast. And just the culture. Um, you, you may have seen posts um, day one in Trump's America, you know, people uh, doing racist things and feeling justified in that. On the other hand, there's been protests and sometimes riots with violence. These are, these are being carried out by um, people who do not support Donald Trump for the, as the next president. Well, and it's really interesting you talk about uh, riots and things that have gone awry. I, I actually decided to go to one of these protests um, in Salt Lake City. Now, this protest... Just for research purposes, right? Research purposes to actually see what it... Yeah, I wasn't... No, I wasn't the one holding the picket sign. Um, I was there trying to figure out what this was all about. And I was willing to, you know, see the the ugly. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised that this particular protest was just supposed to be a peaceful pro protest. Um, there wasn't any violence or anything of the sort um, that I could see. But it was really interesting to see that there were different racial groups. Um, there were LGBT. Um, and particularly, I got a really cool interview with three college-age uh, Muslim women. Yeah, let's give that a listen. Tell me about your, your thing. Uh, you're all about Muslims for Trump? Muslims against Trump. Against Trump. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, so, so, so tell me, what's your, uh, give, give me your story. Um, our story is that we've been here almost our whole entire lives. We deserve to be treated like we belong in this country, but we just never have, despite yeah. the fact of where we were born and what we wear in our heads. So we wanted to just come out and just tell people that we belong here too, and we belong in this protest. Cool. Um, and we belong to um, go against Trump because he is Islamophobic, he's sexist, he's racist, and absolutely all the other things as well. So. Yeah, I, I, just, <laughs> what, what do you what do you hope to accomplish? What's what's you, what would be the best result of you coming here? 
Um, I hope people realize that like Muslim women stand with everyone else and that Muslim women also deserve to be treated yeah. and to be safe. And do you hope that somehow that makes it all the way to Trump's office as president? Oh, let's hope so. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time Muslim women have spoken back against Trump. Um, Can You Hear Us Now was a campaign yeah. against so. Trump uh, back in July when he made remarks against um, Ghazala Khan, yeah. the gold star mother of the fall U.S. fallen soldier. So um, it's just an ongoing thing, and I hope he realizes that he's hurting everyone, including us, and he can't get away with it. Cool. I wondered if I'd see Anyway, it was so cool to see these three Muslim women in their hijabs uh, talking about how they're a part of a peaceful protest, um, that they hope their voices are heard. I think that's key. I think it's good for people on the left to remember that to keep the protest peaceful. And I think it's key for people who are with Trump or uh, feel like defending him at this time to remember that, yeah, peaceful protest, it's fine. It's it's a it's a form of free speech, and as long as there's no violence, um, that's that's something to be endorsed. Yeah, and I kind of forgot that we're still in the ugly category because I think riots that's ugly and that's embarrassing. But protests like this was like it was really uplifting to see these women talk about um, how they want their voice heard, and that's all they're asking for. Yeah. But um one one great takeaway is what our friend Tina said you were able to get a recording get a statement from her on her take on the election and our listeners may remember Tina from our previous episode on Uganda and her work with the organization that empowers women in Uganda. Like we heard that uh, she there was a little soundbite of Tina. Now this was a hot mic moment <laughs> where uh, we were done with the interview, but she just wanted to give her two cents about the election, even though that was not what our topic was. And, you know, and she said, "Well, you have two candidates. One is crazy, and the other is vulnerable." So, uh, you know, she, she so Tina, someone who said Donald Trump was crazy. This is. Uh, it was really interesting uh, because she had a really awesome Facebook post after uh, Trump was chosen as the next president. Um, let's listen to it. Okay, I would like to thank all Americans who participated in voting. And um, one thing that I would like them to know is that Donald Trump is now the president. And all Americans should join him and pray for him and support him and like make sure that Everything is fine. The economy is strengthened and there is peace in America. And that's how America will be successful. And um, we know that if Americans are strong and if their economy is strong and there is peace and there is joy and the people are happy, then the entire world will feel the same. So thank you so much for voting. And we look forward to seeing your cooperation with the new president. And we also, the other countries, Look forward to working with America. Thank you. What an awesome woman. Yeah, and it's kind of cool to get an outsider's perspective. Um, We know what Americans have to say, but it really surprised me to see the Facebook post when I was going across my mostly negative news feed where she said, when America is strong, we are strong. And that that was talking about the women of Uganda, and I think that's fantastic. Um, So people are looking. People are seeing how we react to this. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's saying you have to agree 
with Trump on every single policy and you have to just salute and fall in line and follow orders. Um, I think there's room for disagreement, but I think that a lot of the worries of Democrats on the left when um, there were all those stories going around about, oh, are Trump supporters going to accept when he loses to Hillary Clinton? I think that's kind of been turned on its head now, and the same needs to the same needs to be true of of uh, Hillary Clinton's supporters or even just people who are very anti-Trump. You know, we need to accept that he is the president, and we'll move forward. And I think Tina provides a great perspective on that. If you're a Trump supporter and you feel like your side has won, don't do anything that you wouldn't want Hillary supporters to do if they had won, you know? And then if you're a Hillary supporter, don't do anything you wouldn't want Trump supporters to do if Hillary had won. Uh, if you're if you feel like you're on the losing side, do what you would expect the losing side to do if you were on the winning side, you know? I think one thing we could all agree in on is nobody likes a sore loser. And I think Obama and Hillary walked away as not being sore losers. Um, disappointed, yes, but not sore losers. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you have any comments or questions, leave them on Facebook. We love to hear the conversation. Our theme music is provided with permission by D.D. Dumbo. If you want to hear more experimental Australian music, go check him out. Again, that's D.D. Dumbo. And thank you each so much for listening. Your support really keeps us going. This has been Ununinformed with Kendall Monette. And I'm Sean Seavey. And don't forget to like our Facebook page. and You'll be able to see every new episode. But you can also go to ununinformed.com. That's un-uninformed.com. Thanks, guys. <laughs>